I know it's uh, it's a few we're a few days into the new year. Can anybody remember our text for the new year from uh, from Joshua? A few few murmurs, a few murmurs from the congregation. That's that, that that's the that's it. Thank you. Very courageous of you. See, everyone else was too frightened in, in case they, they got it wrong. Yeah, our text for the year was, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And if you were with us that first Sunday in the new year, you'll remember that we were saying that, you know, to be strong and courageous doesn't necessarily uh, mean that we have to have that strength and courage within ourselves. But our strength and courage comes from the fact that we know that God is with us. And we're going to, in a sense, continue to explore um, that verse for the new year through uh, this very interesting character called Gideon. We're going to be looking at Gideon over the next uh, few weeks. The story of Gideon, uh, an unlikely hero. The story of Gideon, an unlikely hero. The story of Gideon we find in the book of Judges. The book of Judges tells of a difficult period in the time for the people of God. Following Joshua's success of taking the people of God into the promised land, the book of Judges tells that after settling in Cana, the people of God lost their spiritual commitment and motivation. And when Joshua and the elders died, there was um, a vacuum in the leadership and the, the people wandered away from God. And uh, one of the reasons was the, for the decline was that they uh, disobeyed God and uh, that they turned to the idols around them. And the book of Judges, it spans over a period of 325 years, recording six successive periods of oppression and deliverance and the careers of 12 judges. But we're going to focus in on just one of those judges, Gideon. And I think you'll like Gideon, because uh, Gideon is a hero that you will be able to identify. Because he doesn't have a lot of strength and courage within him, but he's going to find that strength and courage in that same idea that we found in Joshua, in that God was with him. So, you've probably heard of Gideon. If you've ever visited a a hotel room, you might have noticed that... uh, Next to your bed, next to your bed on the table, there's a, there's a, a Bible, and if you looked at it, it was probably placed there by the Gideons. Uh, but those aren't the people we're going to be thinking about this morning. We're thinking about Gideon, an undercover hero. Gideon, an undercover hero. Well, actually, Gideon was a, a bit of a, a wimp in a wine press. A bit of a wimp in a wine press. He was hiding away. He was a hideaway hero. And uh, as, as Peter uh, explained to us, uh, I didn't know anything about uh, uh, threshing wheat, uh, but I, I did read, like Peter said, that uh, the ideal for threshing wheat is actually out in the open uh, rather than undercover. Uh, but Gideon was frightened that if he did it out in the opium, these horrible uh, Midianites and uh, Akamalites and, and all those other horrible people, don't they have great names? The, the, the villains always have good names, don't they? And uh, he was frightened that they would come and, and steal what little wheat he had. So he was hiding away in a wine press, hoping that nobody would notice him. So it wasn't the ideal place to be. 
And it may be that as we meet here this morning that you're not in an ideal place. That you're not in the place where you would like to be. Maybe you're not even in the place that you imagined you would be. Do you remember when, when the people went into the promised land? It was supposed to be a land flowing with, with milk and honey. Uh, it was supposed to be a land full of prosperity and a great place to be. And initially it was, but no longer is it like that. And maybe that's how you feel about your life this morning. Maybe you thought that things were going to turn out different. And maybe there's a sense in which you can identify with Gideon in the wine press because you just want to hide away. That's what we tend to do when things go wrong, don't we? We just want to hide away. We we don't want people to notice us. We don't want to be found. We just want to be invisible. And this is where we find Gideon in the wine press, hiding away, frightened that somebody might see him. And steal what little he had. So we're introduced to Gideon and the people of God are experiencing this adversity. The Midianites are are all over the place and the people of Israel are in hiding. And, you know, it is a story of many of the people of God that they find life frustrating, they find it confusing, Because there is an expectation, isn't there? That if we have enough faith and if God is with us, then that things will turn out okay. And so this is the situation that we find Gideon in. And like I say, it might be the situation that you're in. You might be able to identify with Gideon in the wine press this morning. Maybe you're afraid of things that have happened or things that may happen. Maybe... You feel like Gideon, that you just want to hide away. So, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. This is where the angel of the Lord discovers Gideon. God meets Gideon where he is. And God will meet you where you are. You don't have to be in a good place for God to meet with you. Sometimes, you know, people say to me, well, you know, I I don't want to come to church because I'm not in the right place at this moment in time. Or, you know, I, I can't really give my life to God because of this or because of that. And it's important to notice that God often meets people when they're not in the right place, when they're not in the place where they would want to be. And God still meets with them. And God will meet with you wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, it will not stop God meeting with you. God meets Gideon where he is and God will meet you wherever you are this morning. So Gideon's an undercover hero. He's undercover because he's hiding and he doesn't want to be discovered. But the angel of the Lord comes and meets with him. Secondly, I want to say that Gideon... He's an unlikely hero. You've been to the movies. You know, you've seen the heroes. Uh, they tend to be big and strong people. You know, Christian Bale, uh, muscle-bound people uh, who, who it's, not, it's not surprising that they're able to defeat all, all the villains because they're so big and they're so strong and they have so many abilities. And uh, But have you noticed in these films, uh, you know, it's been like this forever. Those of you who remember like the Bruce Lee movies, people come and attack them one at a time, don't they? And I always think to myself, you know, 
Why don't they just kind of mob him and, and overpush him? But, you know, it's the same with James Bond. They just attack them one at a time. Uh, life isn't always like that, is it? Sometimes we do get kind of overawed by the things that happen to us. It's not like in the movies. And so Gideon is, a, is an unlikely hero. He's, he's a coward. He's hiding away. He's not your typical uh, strong hero. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to the Lord, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And you might think, is he having a laugh? Is he, is he taking the mickey? Is he, is he poking fun at Gideon? Well, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think when, when the Lord says to Gideon through the angel, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He says it because it's going to be true. He speaks those words over Gideon. Mighty warrior. You know, you've all heard the saying, haven't you? You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but little words will never hurt me. It's not true. There's not a person here this morning who hasn't been hurt by words that have been spoken to you. There isn't a person here. Words are very powerful. And that's why we have to choose our words carefully. Because words can tend to stay with you. Some of you will be able to remember not very nice words that were spoken to you when you were only very small. Maybe it was a teacher or even a parent. Maybe it was children in the class that, that picked on you or, or said nasty things to you. And those words have stayed with you. You remember those words that were spoken to you. Maybe words that told you that you would never amount to anything. That you'd never achieve anything. That you were hopeless, that you were useless. And those words have not only stayed with you, but if you're not careful, they will, they will actually come true. So we have to be very careful about what we say. And the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, who's hiding away, the people are, are hiding away, they're in a terrible situation, and he says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He says this to encourage Gideon. He says this because he wants to lift Gideon out of the wine press. And maybe you need to hear this morning some encouraging words. Well, you see, the person next to you now is going to give you some encouraging words. Because all you want to do is just turn to somebody and, and just say something encouraging to the person next to you. It may be, it may be that I, I love the shirt that you're wearing. It really suits you. It may be that I like your hair. It may be that I think you're a really lovely person, but just turn around and say something encouraging to somebody around you. Just speak some words of encouragement to them. Do it now. Just say something. It doesn't have to be anything fantastic. Just say, I really like you. You're a nice person. You've got a nice smile. I like your hair. I love that tie. <laughs> Now, how did you feel when, when somebody said that? How did you feel? It's nice, isn't it? It makes you feel kind of all warm and cuddly. As opposed to when people say, why, why are you wearing that shirt? That tie looks ridiculous. 
What have you done to your hair? Sometimes I'm terrible because apparently my face gives me away, you know. Sue or one of the girls will walk in and I'll I'll say, what What is that? And you realise straight away you've said the wrong thing. And uh, it's so easy, isn't it? It can come naturally to us, can't it? To to not be encouraging and not be building up. Why don't this week uh, we make a real effort in the situations where we are, in the home, in the workplace, in the neighbourhood, just to speak encouraging and building up words to people around us. People will be surprised because people are, are used to getting flack, especially in the workplace, uh, you know, even in the supermarket, you know, to the person on the till, you know, who probably just gets grief because they're not fast enough or someone's being queued. Why not just say something, you know, thank you for serving me. Uh, you know, just to encourage them. People will be shocked. People will be surprised. You'll stop them in the tracks because they won't be expecting it because they're expecting you to come with a complaint. It's the wrong price. Uh, you're too slow. Whatever. Gideon, here's these words. Mighty warrior. And these words are going to transform his life. Not only going to change his life, they're going to change the lives of people around him because he's going to become a mighty warrior. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? You know, when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, how do you see yourself? If you're anything like me, you're probably a little bit disappointed. You look in the mirror and you're not the person you were expecting. You see and think, surely that can't be me. Where did all those creases and cracks come from? Have I, where, where did, where did, where did the hair go? I, I used to have hair on the top of my head. Where's it going? You know, we look in the mirror and uh, maybe we're disappointed, if we're honest, with what we see. Uh, you know, that handsome chap, what happened to him? This was me, believe it or not, this week. Um, we, we, we've, we've, we've got a cat. I'm, you've heard me speak before about my family pets. I'm not a great pet lover. And our cats brought all sorts of things into our house. And this week it managed somehow to get, I don't know if it was a ferret or uh, something like that, in through the cat flap. Uh, but this animal turned a bit nasty. And the cat on, flew on top of the table and left me to face it. For an hour and a half, I was there with a mop chasing this ferret-like creature. Every time I got it cornered, it turned on me and started started kind of growing and thinking. I didn't feel like a mighty warrior. I, I felt like a wimp. I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm a 53-year-old bloke, and I, and I spent an hour and a half trying to get rid of this animal. Eventually, eventually, if you'd have seen it, it was comical. I had I had the, the, the room cornered off and a, a tunnel made for this. I didn't want to touch the animal in case I got bit. I, I felt like a, a wimp. Uh, not a mighty worry, but it got out of the house. But often that's how we feel, don't we? When we're faced with, that's not a particularly dangerous situation. It could have been, I could have got bit, but I didn't. Uh, but when, whenever we're faced with, with situations that, that scares and frightens us, we don't feel good about ourselves, don't we? We don't feel strong. We're left feeling uh, pretty inadequate. And this is where we find Gideon. How do you see yourself? Well, you're not who you think or say you are. Just because you think that maybe things haven't turned out. You're not necessarily who you think you say you are. Nor are you who others think and say you are. Nor are you who others think and say you are. But listen, folks. You are who God thinks and says you are. What re- what's really important is who God says you are. And God says, you're my son. You're my daughter. 
You're my child whom I love. I choose you. Be amazed. You notice God in Jesus went round and he called people to follow him. And you notice who did Jesus call? Did he call the strong and the courageous, the, the, the super intelligent? No. He called a bunch of misfits. He called people who had basically been left out, people who had failed. And he, he called them and said, I choose you. Come and follow me. What's really important is what God thinks of you. And whatever you think about yourself and whatever ever others have said about you, it's important to know this morning that God loves you, that God meets you exactly where you are, and God thinks you are wonderful. And he knows that actually you can be a mighty warrior for him. Now you came into church this morning and you didn't feel like a mighty warrior. Be honest. You didn't feel like a mighty warrior. You probably felt like a wimp in a wine press, if you're honest. But God wants to say to you, I can use you. You can be a mighty warrior. It might be that God wants you to be a mighty prayer warrior. He might just have given you a real gift and burden and, and enthusiasm for prayer. It may be that God wants you to be a mighty community warrior. He may want you to reach out into this community. He might want you to be a, a mighty evangelistic warrior uh, to reach people for Jesus. But God calls each one of us. And whenever he calls us, he equips us and he empowers us and he strengthens us. And he wants to do that with you. So hear those words that are spoken to Gideon. And hear God saying them to you. And just place your name in the passage. You know, Peter, mighty warrior. Katie, mighty warrior. Debbie, mighty warrior. Just hear you, place your name, mighty warrior. In fact, just say to the person, say the name of the person if you know them, and just say, mighty warrior, to the person next to them so they get it. You see, because God sees in you what you can't see in yourself. God sees in you what you cannot see in yourself. God sees that mighty warrior in you that you can't see in yourself. Gideon was not a mighty warrior when God called him, and neither were you, and neither was I. It's important to notice that when God calls Gideon, he wasn't a mighty warrior. He didn't look like a mighty warrior. He didn't act like a mighty warrior. There was nothing about him that would have suggested to anybody that this guy was going to be a mighty warrior, except for the fact that the angel of the Lord appears and says, God is with you, mighty warrior. So Gideon, an unlikely hero, and then finally Gideon is an unwilling hero. If we're honest, we don't want to be mighty warriors. Because we've seen the films, and however strong and courageous the mighty warriors are, they're put in dangerous situations, and sometimes they get hurt. Even the heroes, sometimes they get injured. We know that James Bond is never going to be killed, but he gets quite close. And he suffers, and he, and he, and he gets put through all sorts of horrible ordeals that most of us would choose not to be. So, like Gideon, we are unwilling Heroes. We don't want to be the hero. We want somebody else to do it. If there'd been somebody else to remove that ferret from our house, um, I would have asked them to do it and I would have gone and sat with my wife who carried on watching the television program. She said, I'm watching a program. Hey, sometimes the hero mantle just falls your way. Unwilling hero. But sir replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? I love the fact that the heroes of the Bible 
question God. They say, what's going on? If you're with us, where's the proof? Where's the evidence? It doesn't look like you're with us. I'm looking around from my wine press and I can see other people hiding in caves. It doesn't look like God is with us. And as we look around this morning, we can see other people cowering away who don't want to uh, you put themselves forward. We know what that's like. And, and, and you and I can come up with a hundred excuses of why we shouldn't be mighty warriors. We've got them, haven't we? We can name them. You can name your excuses. I can name the excuses. Why has this happened to me? If God is with us, surely these things wouldn't have happened. The problem is it's a false theology. It's a false theology to imagine that a sign and symbol of God being with you is that nothing bad ever happens. That isn't true. We see it in the Bible time and time again that the heroes... The people that God chooses have to go through all sorts of difficult things. It doesn't mean because God is with you that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. I'm sorry, folks, but that's how it is. Where are the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us to the hand of the Midianites? Gideon feels abandoned. The people of God felt abandoned. And maybe this morning you're here and you feel as if God has abandoned you. It's okay to feel like that because Gideon felt like that. Sometimes I feel like that and sometimes other folks feel like that. And we normally feel like that when things aren't going wrong. It's a natural feeling and it's okay to have that feeling. And it's okay to express it in church because you'll find others have felt like that also. Gideon was an unwilling unwilling hero. And the Lord turned to him and go in the strength... You have and save Israel out of the million hands. Am I not sending you? The important thing is, is that God is sending him. And the important thing to hear this morning is that God wants to call and send you. He has a role and a responsibility and something that he wants you to do. And he calls you. Am I not sending you? But Lord... Gideon's got lots of excuses, even if God is sending him. How can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest in the Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. In other words, I'm not qualified. Do you know, I'm on a, a committee called the Ministerial Recognition Committee. And uh, part of our task is to interview prospective candidates for ministry. It's quite an onerous task because you have to make a judgment on an individual. And uh, one of the things that we look for is to see not whether this person is strong and courageous and full of lots of gifts, not that those are, that isn't important, but we're looking for one particular thing. Does this person have the call of God on their lives? Does this person have evidence of the call of God on their lives? Because if so, God can acquit people. That's what we're looking for, basically. Is this person called of God? And Gideon comes up with all his excuses, and you and I can say, you know, I'm, I was the weakest in, in, in my clan. My brother went to Manchester Grammar School. He won a scholarship. He got all A's. I failed my 11 plus. I'm not qualified for ministry. My sisters went to an all-girls high school and got all A's. I failed my uh, the, the two O-levels that I, I took, and I didn't do very well in my CSEs. I'm not really qualified. And so when I felt called to ministry, I had lots of excuses. I, I came up with excuses, and I put it off time and time again. I said, not me, Lord. Don't send me. Send somebody else. It was just like when the ferret came. Is there anybody else? (laughs) But when God calls you, he's ever so patient with you. 
he's ever so patient. If you notice how patient he is with Gideon, he doesn't get cross with him, doesn't get annoyed with him. He allows Gideon to carry on making excuses and he simply answers him and says, the Lord answered, I will be with you. And you'll strike down the Midianites together. I'm with you. He just keeps saying to Gideon, every, every time Gideon comes up with an excuse, he just says, I am with you. And this morning, you know, whatever excuse we have for not giving ourselves fully to the work and mission of God in this place, God is forever so patient with you and he sticks with you and he just keeps saying to you, look, I'm with you. I'm with you in that situation. I'm with you in this situation. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to make everything, all your problems disappear, but I'm with you. And that's all you need to know, that I am with you. That's all you need to know. Gideon replied, if I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it really is you talking to me. He's just had the angel of the Lord appear before him and he's asking for a sign. Mighty warrior. But how many of us can identify with that? How many of us? You know, well, just Lord, just, just, just confirm it. Give me some indication. Give me a sign. If you really want me to do this, you know, get six people to ask me, not just one. Okay, two people have asked me. I need another four to ask me before I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna agree to hand out the, uh, the notice sheets at the back of church or whatever it is. You know, we want this reassurance, don't we? We want to be absolutely certain. It's comical, but it's also realistic because we can identify with it because this is where we are. We know what it's like to be in the wine press. We know what it's like to doubt God. We know what it's like to feel abandoned by God because we can identify with Gideon. Is it really you talking to me? How many of us have thought that? When we thought that God has spoken to us, when we've had that moment and then next minute we're thinking, was it really God? Was it my imagination? Was it that cheese that I ate last night? You know, whatever. Was it really God speaking to me? Give me a sign. And again, notice how gracious God is with Gideon. He gives him the sign. The angel touches the sacrifice and it bursts into flames. Gideon, the unwilling hero. And then he has that aha moment, doesn't he? I love this. The fact that he has that aha moment. Ah, sovereign Lord. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. That realization that it is God. That this is God. That I'm having a face to face encounter with God. And that's where you and I want to get to. That moment when we actually have a face to face encounter with the living God and we know that God has met with us. And we go, ah! Sovereign Lord. And again, what does God do? He reassures him because, of course, you couldn't meet God face to face and live. And God says to him, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. <sighs> what a relief. What a relief. And I bet you wonder now what's going to happen next. Well, to find out what happens next, you're going to have to come back next week. Because... The story of Gideon continues. If you want to find out whether Gideon's going to become a mighty warrior, you're going to have to come back. But you can become a mighty warrior.